With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Scarlet Supporters Podcast. You can contact us on all the usual social media platforms, or you can email us on scarletspems at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scarlet Supporters Podcast with me, Lee G. And joining me as always is Big M. Martin, how are we? Oh, on goes straight away. I'm all right, mate. <laughs> it's a great Literally, start. Literally, the second we started, we've been chatting for about five, ten minutes. And the moment we start, the phone flies. Huh? Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. I am uh, pretty relaxed now, obviously. You know, missed last week. I ended up with uh, a couple of body kids, so that wasn't fun. <laughs> but um, I, I, I had some bad news through the door, you know, a few days ago, and it was a letter to ring up and you know book my snip. So I've been panicking for the, for the literally. I think it was Wednesday that I came, and it's booked for this Wednesday. So I'm literally bricking it. I oh, want to avoid it at all costs. But it's not that bad, mate. It's not that bad. It's it's a really weird experience where you have one kind of you have a doctor down at, at at that end doing what they do, and then like a a barrier so you can't see what's happening. And then I had a a, a guy a nurse who was talking to me and we started talking about rugby, and he's like, oh yeah, I used to play for Milford. I said, oh my dad used to play. So we're having this whole conversation about Milford Rugby Club. <laughs> while 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 the doctor's inside tying off and a knot there and a knot there and all that kind of stuff, just the most bizarre um thing. Like we got to the end and the doctor's like, "Oh yeah, I'm all done," and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, you haven't finished chatting yet." I <laughs> I'm still chatting to my new pal, like so. No, I think yeah, I think my biggest problem is I watch too much of the Yorkshire Vet. And honest to God, when they're doing them there and the missus are like, that's what's going to be like for you. And it, oh, it, she, she's really been winding me up over it. You know, she's been done herself, but, uh, you know, double safety time for me to get my stuff done. But, oh, she's been winding me up. It's killing me, honestly. <laughs> it, it's fine. It's fine. It's 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 not even uh, um, it's not even an issue. It's I can't, I can't even remember when I had mine done. Quite a few years ago, but yeah, it's eighty-seven, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's one of those things that um, I think I was yeah in and out in a couple of hours. It was I was in in the morning, I was back out in the afternoon. Job done, so you, you won't worry about it at all. So, so anyway, Hugh would be with us this week, but um, he's taken himself off to France to watch uh, the. Australia game on the weekend. Um, so he's kind of here at the minute, but he can only record in the evenings. And we can't record in the evenings, and we can only record in the evenings later in the week. 
and he can't. so anyway, one way or another, she will be in 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 France. So I'm hoping to have a catch up with you and put some stuff on YouTube and whatever by the end of the week with you sunning himself in France. Not jealous at all. Not jealous, honestly. It's uh, he's welcome to it. He's welcome to it. It's going to be a crap game anyway. <laughs> so um. Yeah, so so my week I had so moving the boy into uh Hartbury yesterday. Um so he's not because he went to Hartbury College first year so if you've been to Hartbury College they, they kind of kick you out for university and you go into the city centre and oh my god, just stress levels were through the roof. Nothing to do with I mean the 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 Moving into uni and all that kind of stuff is stressful as it is. But yeah, just drivers in Gloucester just did our heads in yesterday. And even in Tesco's, which can tell, and you know, you, if, if you're trying to reverse out of a space in Tesco's and somebody's coming, you go, okay, yeah, yeah, out you come, yeah, fine, yeah. Ah, oh, no, 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 none of that. They're all, and all this kind of stuff. And trying to, just drive down like the main bit in Tesco's and you're trying to pull into that main bit. No, no, bumper to bumper, and you're like, rrr, rrr. I am, where's why are you so aggressive? And they're all in their bloody Land Rovers and their Mercedes and their BMWs, and you're like, too much money, not enough gratitude. Bloody lot of you. I was I was most indignant of people in, in Gloucester <laughs> yesterday afternoon. It was um one of pleasant experience, mate. I, I I I even swore at a couple of people. I had to get out of the car and direct a few cars to solve a traffic jam. And um a, a, a fat bloke um in a uh, in a big van with no shirt on was just irritating the hell out of me. So so I, I told him exactly what I thought of him and his driving abilities. So I doubt he's listening because he's up in Gloucester. But if he was, no apologies. You know, you you are completely useless at driving in the nicest possible way. Anyway, so I'm calm now. I'm calm. But uh, I'm, I'm all nice and, and relaxed. So... Let's talk. Let's talk rugby because neither of us actually managed to make it to the Scarlets game on Saturday. Uh, no, I mean I, I had a decent excuse. I mean I had tickets, but um, it just happened to be my wife's birthday, and literally on Friday I was still planning to go, but uh, I made the smart decision not to in the end. But <laughs> um, you know what? I'm I'm kind of happy in a way. That it didn't go because you know, looking at the match report, looking at the photos, it, it seems like a, a very poor effort for what it was supposed to be. So yeah, it was like five, six thousand people. Um, I mean, some of the, the match reports. I mean, it was a decent Barbar's side. It was, you know, the, it was a similar side to a lot of the uh, teams that have been put out over the last couple of weeks. Um, Rob Evans had a try when he came on, which yeah. was interesting. interesting to, to to know what the cheers were like for Rob Evans scoring a try. But um yeah, I mean it's the fact that it wasn't on telly, it wasn't even streamed 
you know, we've 12 months ago we had this recast thing that to watch games on, you know, and you can't tell me that the Scarlets didn't record that game for their own, you know, development because every game, every training session is recorded. So, you know, something, some ways, somebody, someone's got to be able to put something out and, you know, a, a, a stream of some sort. You know, they could stream all the under 18s, all the 16s West and six, uh, 16s East, 16s West, all of that. Yeah, they could stream all of those games on recast. People would watch, you know. Um, so it's a bit disappointing not to see it um, broadcast somewhere, somehow. Um, but, you know, for the, for the game itself, um, it's difficult to, to, to comment because I haven't actually seen many highlights either. I, I've seen comments, I've seen people talking about the game, but I've not actually seen that many highlights. So, yeah, it, it could have been... I mean, we said this last week, we said about, you know, organising a, a, a game in the middle of a World Cup when... You know, it could have been on Friday night. That would have probably made it better. I think it probably had more people come on Friday night, in all honesty. But, yeah, it's yeah. hard to make any joke. It's, it's the same old problem. I mean, we, we go through this time and time again. They want to play a high-profile match. Great. Okay, when are you doing it? Oh, doing the World Cup. Oh, okay, that's not good. Okay, when are you putting it? Oh, Saturday. Okay, what time? Uh, half past two. Um, um, so, you're doing it in the middle of the World Cup when all the community teams are playing mm. and you expect a sellout. Yeah, mm. no, it's, it's, it just don't work that way. I mean, what? why? Mm. I don't understand why they would do it. I mean, they could have easily hosted this at the end of last season, had a full year to build up, have like a big send-off before the boys went on the, to the World Cup camps. But it just doesn't seem to be any go. I mean, it's it's the same with the advertising of the season tickets, of advertising all the games. I mean, you draw a five mile ring around a uh, radius ring around Parker Scarlet, and you won't find nothing outside of that. And this is supposed to be a region that encompasses, you know, the rest of Carmarthenshire, Pembrokeshire, and Ceredigion, and there's absolutely mm. nothing. Mm. And yeah, I mean, down down in Pembrokeshire, if you weren't on social media quite a bit, um, you would not have known that that game was on. Because there's nothing, you know, there's literally... And so, say, yesterday I was up in Gloucester and as I'm coming back onto the M4, the first thing I see is adverts for Bluestone, yeah? And that's, you know, that's, uh, that's over 100 miles away from Bluestone, you know? So... Don't tell me that you can't advertise the Scarlets down in Pembrokeshire, in Carmarthenshire and in Ceredigion, because it can. It just takes a little bit of of nous. And it, this is the one bit that I think the Scarlets are really letting themselves down on is, you know, the, the, the marketing of the games. And I think there's this assumption that because they're the Scarlets, people will come. If you build it, they will come. Well, no, we, you know, you need to tell people what's happening, when it's happening, how much it's going to cost, where you can park. Particularly if you're coming from Pembrokeshire, Ceredigion, you know, where to park. Make it easy for people to come and watch that game. 
come and park here. Here's car park A. Here's car park B. Here's car park C. You know, it it just defies logic. Something that's so simple that you just kind of like, I, I don't understand why it's not being done. I genuinely don't because for the life of me, I know people that would love to go and watch that game, but don't even know it's on, you know. And, you know, you can take it a step further. You know, you go to the rugby because you want to drink. I mean, why is there no, no transport available? I mean, you put it on, you advertise it. People will book on. They'll, you know, they'll pay their odd couple of pounds for their trip down and back. I mean, mm. the only shuttle bus that goes on, literally, it doesn't come out of Llanelli. You know, I think mm. it goes to... I think it goes as far as this as a, a Domino's in town, which is next to the, the small Aldi. And mm. it you literally you're talking three, three and a half miles. It's mm. absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I know it goes into Flethy train station, but you know, that's that's not good enough. I mean, I know you've spoke about one of the American football teams where you can literally where you went to Mexico and you could buy all this stuff there. Yeah. Is just knock on there doesn't seem to be any forward thinking at all I mean I know we don't control when kickoff times are and I know we can't control fascists of the community game but what we can control is talking with these clubs and offering you know to have you know pick up from their clubhouse or wherever to bring up to bring fans down I mean we can easily do that and mm. even if it was a case of you know it was only 500 people you know, again, that's 500 extra people in the ground, you know, supporting and spending. And that, mm. that's the main thing. You know, we're running off five, 6,000 people. It's, it's a struggle. Well, prior to the pandemic and, and when I had a bit more time on my hands, you know, we used to organise a bus um, for, uh, it was only for big games, but it was a bus that went from Pembrokeshire to the game. And it took us three or four games but actually, that bus was starting to get full. But the, the problem with it is, is that that needs to be there and available for every single game. And, you know, it got to the point where I was having to do that in my lunch hour and I was having to do it after work and I was still coaching at the time. So, you know, there just wasn't enough time in the week for me to book everybody onto a bus and who wanted to be picked up where and all of this kind of stuff. And it just got too stressful. And then the pandemic came, Brian tried it again and it didn't quite work. But the demand for it is there. You know, if they put on, even if it was a 20-seat uh, minibus or something, you know, one from North Pems, one from South Pems, that bus would be full pretty much every game if it was done properly, yeah? Now, what that does is it it kind of starts to build regular fans, you know? So you might have somebody, oh, do you know what? I, I won't go on the bus this week, but I'll, I'll go up myself and all of that kind of stuff. And you, you start to build a, a bigger fan base. And it's, yes, it costs money. And I know money's tight and all that kind of stuff, but you've got to invest in something to make make that 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 end goal if you like so yeah i mean it's disappointing from that point of view but at least they played a game i suppose at least there was something on and uh, you know it may have been the barbarian saying we'll only play on a saturday afternoon and we'll only do this and we'll only do that we we, we don't know what the 
the stuff behind it was, but it could have been a lot better than what it was. It could have been done on the weekend when there was no Wales game, you know? Yeah. So let's be honest, the opportunity was there. Um, it just needed a bit of a bit of foresight. So anyway, I mean, I, from what I've seen, a couple of people made debuts. We got to see Plumtree in a scarlet shirt, which was nice. Um, Eddie James had a, a decent interception and 70-odd metre run from what I saw. And anything else from the match reports that, that you... Uh, kind of... Yeah, it was a typical Barbarian-style match, you know, for, for the majority of the game. You know, um, I think Barbarian scored first, you know, nice quick movement. And we sort of bounced back pretty early, you know, with Plumtree going over from the, I think it was back of the driving mall. And then uh, Sean Evans crossed soon after, cutting a good line from what I can read. Sorry. And we were basically in control from there on in. You know, apparently the, the set piece went really well. So, you know, big thumbs mm. up to our, our new forwards coach. You know, th- thank you for coming all the way from South Africa to sort it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, wholesale changes at halftime. You know, I think, you know, all 13 players, you know, came off the bench, which, you know, was it 30 or 13, whatever many it was, mm. came off the bench. So, you know, but there was no disruption as such. I mean, Archie Hill started, you know, the second half with a bang. He, he sniped over for a quick try. He did go off for a HIA, but um, as, as far as I know, he, he's all okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, barbarian discipline started uh, hitting the fan there, and I think they took three yellow cards all in all, and you know we ended up comfortable thirty three nineteen winners. So you know our first game of the season, we're coming in really really rusty, you know a very staggered preseason, mm-hmm. as uh, I think everyone is suffering with, and you know they're on the back of two good wins over Bristol and Northampton, and we do the number on them, so that's that's really positive for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm uh, I've seen a little bit on social media of what Irish sides are doing, and Irish sides seem to be playing quite a bit already. Um, you know, developing. I, I think Irish sides uh, suffer from internationals a bit more than than Welsh sides do. I'll be honest, because obviously all our Irish players are Irish based. So, yeah, I think a couple of the Irish sides are a little step ahead. Of of the Welsh sites mainly because they they into game three game four already you know so it's going to be interesting when we do we're what a month and a bit away from the start of the season now I guess about yeah. five weeks six weeks so it's going to be interesting to see how those first couple of weeks pan out because it's uh, if if we if we're going to take an Irish side. The start of the season's the time to do it when you've got all of their internationals away. Um, I, I haven't had a look at the fixture list to see where the Irish sides fit in at the minute. But, yeah, the start of the season's going to be so key for us this year because, you know, if we have a start like we did last year... I, I mean, to be fair, the the, the, the games, the, the, the rugby that we were playing at the start of the season was actually quite good. You know, we, we should have beaten the Ospreys, we should have beaten Ulster, we should have beaten Cardiff. Um, and they, they were just tiny little errors that, that let us down. And then the cards crept in, you know, where the cards were there in the, 
the the uh, Ospreys game and in the Ulster game. But they started to creep in, and then it became a thing. And then you know it, it took a long time to recover from that. So I think yeah. starting the season with a bang is is really really important for us this year. Yeah, I mean, looking back on that first block from last year, I think it was the first seven, eight games. You know, I think it was only the corner to the Leinster game that we truly were never in. So, you know, it, it, it's, we have to transgress that, transform the performances into wins, which we started doing after the new year. And, mm. you know, let's hope that, you know, I, I know Peel came out at the end of the season saying he wanted to do things differently. If he went back, he would have done this, he would have done that. And he, he was very... He was very well spoken, and he, he took on a lot of responsibility, which is brilliant from you know a, a young coach as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting a little bit more this season. We do start in South Africa, so there's you know positive, negative. Yes, they're going to be without the South African players, but at the same time, going to South Africa is never easy. Mm-hmm. So it will be an interesting one, but obviously positive. We've done our South Africa trip at the start of the year. That's it. That's done. We don't have to worry about that because mm. that's always that's something that has cropped up for us in the past and caused issues. Mm. But what we do do well in South Africa is we tend to go out and do like a training camp a week before, and that week in between games does tend to be quite productive for for squad development. So you know, every time we've been to South Africa, we we've been there or thereabouts in one game you know, at least one game. And I can see us nicking a win. I, I genuinely can. I can see us taking at least one win this time, possibly two. So I, if we continue the way we are, I say the, the the stuff that's coming out of the Barbas game is very positive, very, you know, um, lots of improvements, lots of squad development. And I think if we develop that through, is it the Dragons and Cardiff we've got as warm-up games? I know we've got the Dragons at the park. I know we do have one more friendly, but I'm not sure who it's against. Okay. It's probably Cardiff or Ospreys, but yeah. I couldn't yeah. tell you 100% either way. No. Again, which goes back to our conversation about marketing. And uh, uh, there we go. Anyway, so yeah, I, 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 I think the... It's looking good for the start of the season. It's the Irish sides I'm I'm worried about. I'm not too worried about the South African sides, I'll be honest. Uh, just because yeah. they they're in a little bit of turmoil, particularly if we're playing the Lions, um, they're in all sorts of shapes. So yeah, it'll be good to actually get out to South Africa and do what we do. I think. So anyway, <laughs> so. We- We've not got a game. This is going to sound stupid now. We've got a warm-up game next week. We we haven't got a warm-up game next week, have we? Let's go back to the comms. I haven't got a clue of this <laughs> next week. No. Like, no. It's, that's exactly. thing. And I, I live literally, I'm within five miles of the ground. So yeah. for me not to know, and yeah. being, a Scarlet, being a Scarlet fan, being a season ticket holder for God knows how long, I don't know when the next you game is. That, that, that tells you how bad things are. So let's put let's put a call out now, right? So uh, every week when we put this out on social media, we tag the Scarlets. We we you know the people I know people in the social media team follow us on uh, social media. So you know people in the Scarlets know that we exist, and people in the Scarlets know that 
this is what we do, you know. So they've let's, had your contact from us. Yeah, let's put a call out and say, look, you know, we we want to help promote the games. We want to help promote the players. We want to help engage people further afield and all of that kind of stuff. You know, come and have a chat with us because. You know, we're all on the same side here. We want to put more people in the ground. We want to, we want to see a successful Scarlets team. We want to see more homegrown players make it through to that Scarlet side. So come and talk to us, because yeah, there's there's nothing to be scared. I know Martin looks quite scary. I mean, you just got to look at that face and go, oh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to make that down a dark alley. But you know, actually, he's a he's. Oh, he's you a, might want to do it. Never know how much fun you can have. <laughs> But yeah, let's put that call out to the Scarlets now. If you're listening and you're involved in the Scarlets, come and have a chat because we 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 want to help. And uh, yeah, this it, anything's got to be better than what we're doing right now on that. So let's move on from there, Martin. Let's move on. Let's let's briefly touch on the um the Premiership because we said we were going to try to move some of the Premiership scores for Kamarvin. And Flandavri uh, into this one, ready for when we have the elite league. So we can cover the elite league and the the, the professional in this this kind of same thing. So, um, oh crikey, I had it here earlier, didn't I? Uh, scores from last week. So Flandavri, it was two wins, wasn't it? Oh no, Quinn's lost. Yeah, so Sandovri big point of pre 24-12 and Quinn's lost 22-11 to Bridgend, which, yeah, Sandovri, as per your interview, are pretty much all singing or dancing at the minute, aren't they? They're on fire. Yeah. They're looking really good. I mean, we saw Ponty basically miss out on beating Cardiff with a, with a misconversion at the end of the game in, the, in round one. So, mm. okay, that doesn't really say much, but, you know, when you're talking Cardiff were winners season before last, finalists last year, you know, that gives you a pretty good marker of what sort of standard team they are. So to go down there and get a, a solid two-score victory, you know, that that's really good. Mm. And it shows that, you know, you don't have to be one of the, you know, you don't have to have a big city to support you, Donna, to, to produce good rugby, you know, the boys are doing it and they're with the best will in the world. They're, they're, they're not a, a major town, you know, they're not one of the big uh, urban areas in Wales. So, yeah, I think they're doing fantastic work. I, I, I really, really do. But um, by all accounts, Pontypridd put out a pretty strong side. Um, I'm just looking down through the Flandery thing now. So tries from Jack Davis, um, the, the Harry Thomas. Oh, Adam Warren, which uh, uh, the, 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 and someone else didn't say who scored the first one. <laughs> just just, yeah, just says well... try. But, They're on um, maximum points, so we can assume there's a fourth in there somewhere. Yeah, it just says, it just says try. It doesn't say who's good to try. So yeah, um, and there's a there's a lot of good players there. You know, Adam Warren, Jack Davis. You know, those those are players that are going to. Well, there's an argument that says Adam Warren should never have been released anyway, but 
Uh, that was a long time ago, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him back. I wouldn't, you know, Harry Dole came back to Ospreys, I think, at the end of last season, didn't he? Yeah. He up against the Ospreys. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him popping up again somewhere. So, yeah, I'm fantastically doing really, really well. Um, yeah, there's when... there's a lot of boys in that squad that we've got, you know, a lot of a lot of interest in, you know, Fairfield in the in the academy and in, in you know into the, those you know third fourth years are coming to the transition stage. Hmm. So you know we have got a, a lot of faith with Sandovery and like you said, Harry Dole is always one that you've got to keep your eye on. I I know we've brought Tommy Lewis back from Jersey, but you know he's a player. He's done it at the professional level. He's done it for Worcester. He's done it for the Ospreys. He's a player that we know is more than capable of coming in, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know we pick up an injury at some point that we go, look, Harry can. Can you come in for three, six months, whatever it is, or even till the end of the season? Mm. Yeah. So, again, so I don't know if it's a, a West Wales thing. So I'm just looking down Kamard and Quinn. So I'm trying to do the same with Sandebri. So Sandebri did it really well. A little bit of mass updates. Try from such and such, converted by such and such. Current score is. So when you look at... Kamar and Quinns for the weekend. So got uh, you got the lineup there, and you notice a couple of names from there. People like Josh Helps, who uh, uh, left the squad last year. Sam O'Connor, Torin Myhill. Um, who else did I notice? Uh, Lucas Sataro. Lucas Giannini is on the bench as well. Oh uh, yeah, I've got that far yet. Uh, yeah, Caleb Salmon. Jeanine is not on the bench, mate. He wasn't on the bench. He should have been. I yeah, saw a yeah. post from him saying his first time running out in Quinn's colours. Or did he go up to Drovers? I might be confusing myself a bit. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. But anyway, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount of quality in that Kamarlin side. So all you've got from Kamarlin is the lineup. A reminder that kickoff is at two o'clock. Halftime scores, Quinn's three, Bridgend was 12. And that was it. Uh, so, you know, clubs got to do themselves some favours and they've got to realise that, you know, people do want to see this stuff. So, um, yeah, I can't really give an idea of what the Kamarlin game was like, but they lost 22-11. Yeah, I mean, it's really, probably really disappointing for them because, you know, they had a, a really massive win, you know, on the road at, at Neath. You know, forty nine fourteen. So obviously, a strong, decent performance against Rovers to start. Big win away at Neath, and then to be at home to Bridgend, who, uh, all right, they 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 edged out Swansea by a single point. You know, in St Helens, they had a decent performance at home against Aberavon in week one. But that really should have been a game that the Quins were targeting for a win. So I'm I'm quite disappointed. I was ended up. I, mm. I was I hope for more. So, you know, obviously, move on to next week. But mm. at the same time, you, they got to look back on that and be like, no, we, we should have done a lot more. You yeah. know, three, yeah, three points and a half against, you know, Islanda, Rizzi, Cardiff, the teams who are going to be top two, three, fair enough. But, you know, against Bridgen, you know, teams, you know, you're fighting in lower mid-table. That's, that's just not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, fixtures this weekend. So, um Cup games this week, isn't it? So uh, both sides not playing. 
you you're better uh, on this side. Bear with me, I gotta find it where I am. Da, 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 da. I got yeah, they both got buys in the cup. Yeah, yeah. Lucky so, buggers. So week after Clan Devry Cardiff, that's a massive game. Massive, massive well, game. Going off how Cardiff are doing this season, you know, they, they drew, they won, they lost. So I I very much obviously depending on how this cup game goes, what sort of side they put out. I'm mm. expecting, you know, Clan Devry to do it over them again, especially, you know, being at home. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we will um we're we're gonna try and cover the, the premiership and then eventually the elite eight, elite ten, whatever it is, elite fourteen and a half by the time they get there. But um so that's what we're gonna uh, try and do. We'll cover that in this pod rather than east and west. So just a, a, a quick reminder that we are doing uh, a quick rundown. So we, we we call it the rapid rundown of um uh, fixtures and results east and west so on a wednesday or thursday we'll we'll put out the fixtures for the weekend and then sunday morning hopefully you should have something there ready that says these are all the results for west rivers bestra and uh Sosband central so they'll be on the relevant social media channel so just keep an eye out for those for community game okay let's let's talk international Matt, let's talk international. Let's talk Portugal. And let's try and be positive. <laughs> we scored four tries. We got yeah. a bonus point. That's that's positive. Um, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> Jack Morgan had a, had a really good game after doing a big week session in the morning. So, you know, that's a positive for the boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really struggling for anyone else. I mean... Shunza played decently, especially mm. after, you know, he, he had quite a shocking set of warm-up games. I was, you know, surprised to see him in the squad in the end, but, you know, showed a bit of worth. He he, he did well. Mm. Uh, can't really, really say much. I, I'm struggling to find any positives. It does seem like we pull ourselves down to the opposition. And that's no disrespect to Portugal. I thought Portugal played really well. Um I thought they 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 gave Wales the respect that we deserved, and they tried to counteract what we did. They, there was there was a thought to the Portugal game that wasn't existing in the Wales game. I think I think the tactic in the Welsh game was let's just keep running the ball and run, 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 and then the last twenty minutes Portugal will be out on their feet. And we can, we'll still be fit, and we can just run in tries left, right, and centre. And it didn't work. It did, the amount of times that somebody had obviously said to Thomas Williams, "Go blind," you know, because that's that's where Portugal are weak. Go blind. I think he got dicked about four times going blind. He lost the ball three times going blind. And then Gareth Davis comes on and you think, okay, right, change the tactic. Now, bugger me, he goes and does the same thing again. And you're like, I don't understand. If if something's not working, if you've got a tactic and it's not working, you have to have something else to go to. You know, you have to have a basic plan that says, right, okay, this is how we're going to control the game. And then this is the frilly bit around the outside. And there was no real control of that game. You know, we, we didn't... 
I, I didn't see uh, a set of rocks that were, you know, when we played against Fiji, when we play against the bigger sides, we run five, six, seven rucks quite close in just to suck in the outside defenders and to, to really batter and soften up some of the, the big uh, players. Didn't see that at all. Two, three rucks and the ball was out and we're trying to run it. But then we, we were just screwing up the handling. And it's just like, you know, this is under 14 stuff. It just really frustrating but you know we relied on it, it's weird we, we were doing a uh, we did a youtube live uh thing through the game we thought it was going to be a good game thought it was going to be uh, you know and uh, we ended up talking about all sorts of stupid stuff you know hats and stuff in the crowd and, and all of this but we'd said in that but you don't see number eights running from the back of a scrum anymore you know you you, you just <laughs> you just don't see it and then uh, for feet to scores and and we rely on Falato scoring pretty much a solo try because he went, uh, you know, the scrum had turned against the direction that he went. He went left and the scrum had turned right. So as a number eight, your natural instinct is to pick up and to go with the roll and to, you know, that should move the back row away. So that should be an easier run. But they'd separated and, and were standing there. So we had to roll back left. And then he, he did take a couple of defenders with him and he made sure that ball was over. But, you know, we're relying on that to make sure we get a bonus point. And I, I, I thought Falato actually played one of his better games uh, on on Saturday. I thought he, he's um, he was involved more. I think he when he's involved in the game more, he tends to have a better game. He, I think he has too many games where he's waiting out in the centres or waiting out on the wing and, and the ball's just not arriving. So being involved and being there was a lot better for him. But, yeah, just um, very I disappointing. Think, yeah. I, I think Gatlin was really disrespectful in his post-match. Well, he was either his post-match or pre-match comments about Faladao, saying that he's not the type of player that can come back from a big injury and put in a big performance. And, I mean, we've seen Faladao do that how many times? I mean, mm. it's... I mean, it's not my preference. I don't like doing that with players. I would rather see them have four or five games with their club before thinking about them internationally. But it's something that he has done over his career. So, you know, Gatlin coming out and saying that was really disrespectful and in bad taste for, for my liking. Mm. I think our, our biggest problem, we didn't try to stop any of their ball. You know, defensively, I thought we were just, OK, let them have the ball. We'll just tackle, we'll use it like a training session. Because I, I can't remember, you know, a single attempt to steal a ball. And obviously, when we're not going into the ruck, they are, they are ruck speed, they are getting that ball out, is so much quicker and it makes them look good. Mm. And I know things are probably been a bit different with Tommy Revel. I mean, that is his go-to. You know, he is, you know, he, he lives in a ruck. You know, that's mm. what you want from a from a true number seven. I don't think Jack Morgan's that style player. I think he is that six and a half. He he does his tackling, he does his hard work, and if he sees this on, he might have a go. So we need we need that true seven because I like Jack Morgan as a player. He, he's done really mm. well. I think the captaincy might have come a bit too early for him. I thought in the Fiji game, he he lost his head a little bit, especially with controlling the squad. I, we just don't have someone who's literally in the ruck all the time. 
whether mm. it's slowing it down or trying to pinch it. And that was something I said prior to the Fiji game that we needed a target if we wanted to have any success. And we didn't do that. And they should have put us to the sword. We didn't do it again against Portugal. And okay, when we're playing fourth tier bloody players, we should be beating them regardless. But we still struggled. So mm. it, there's, there's just something not quite right there tactically either. Never mind the player levels, because some of the player levels on that day were just shocking. Yeah, it's, but you know, go back to Jack Morgan. When he was with us, he was a, oh, a, a yeah. jackal king. He was in every ruck and he was. So, you know, we knew he's capable of it. And that's what I, that's why I want to see him and Raffle on a pitch together because every single ruck will have at least one jackler in. And you can't play against that. You, you, if you're trying to run six, seven rucks, well, that's three rucks too many because one of our guys is going to get in and nick that ball. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was. It's not like this is the first time it's happened. Do you know what I mean? Where we come down to a lower, I can't say lower level because actually Portugal are only about six or seven places below us in world rankings. You know, and they're, they're a decent team. Um, and I guess if they had more international exposure, they would develop a lot quicker. Do, do you know what I mean? If they were playing yeah. um, Wales every year, England every year, they, they would improve a lot quicker than, than where they have been. So to get to where they yeah. have been, they've done really well. And we just, I don't know, we just, I think we were taking it too lightly. If if you compare that with the way um, Ireland or South Africa play against the likes of Romania, for example, you know, and they just put them to the sword from the off. And it's like, right, there's no messing around. There's no going into a ruck gentle. It's bang, bang, bang. You're having this. God, there, there is no mercy. And, yeah, I mean, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know if it was, like, I don't want anybody injured. We want four points, but we uh, yeah, want the uh, four tries. We want the bonus points, but let's have nobody injured sort of a thing. Yeah. We don't know what that, that conversation was behind. But as a supporter, watching that, yeah, it didn't fill you with confidence on that. But what I will say is um, I've been quite critical of George North's uh, defence at 13. <laughs> um, Mason, Mason Grady actually demonstrated how to slip off a 13 onto 15 three or four times. Now, I'm not saying Mason Grady had a fantastic game, yeah, because um, it was his pass, he had a poor pass, and there were a couple of other bits in attack that he actually let himself down on. But defensively, he showed more capability of how to defend a 13 than George North did. Yeah. So for the future, yeah, I still think Roberts is a better natural 13 you know, defensively and in attack. I think he can create space in attack and he knows how to defend. So I'd say, you know, Roberts is, is, is the guy for the future. But, you know, Mason Grady defended better than, than George North did. He, he showed some of the technical bits of, you know, when you're 13, you're viewing the front and you're viewing the backfield and you're looking at who's sweeping round and you're making a judgment and you're going, right, okay, if he's coming across, 
Am I going to lay off the 13 and defend the 15 channel? Am I going to go into the backfield and cut the, the play off there? Am I going to deck that player and make sure and I'm going to wrap? That, all of that goes through in a split second. And Mason Grady was seen to be able to do that better and quicker than George North. So I'm not saying he had a massive, fantastic game. I'm just saying defensively better than George North, albeit against a smaller side in Portugal. You know, would he be able to do that against Fiji? I don't know. But technically, he was showing more of the skills that need to defend at 13. Aren't they? So, so yeah, Portugal game is what it is. We take the, the bonus points and we move on. So, before we move on to the Australia game, did you see Fiji-Australia game? What What did no, you think of that? that? That was a game I loved to watch. That uh, it, it had everything, you know. I, I went into that, you know, as a Welshman, I want Australia to win. But you know, as a rugby fan, as as a guy who really loves this stuff, I wanted Fiji to win. And oh my god, that that was an amazing performance. And I I think it cuts even deeper when you look at you know Australia shouldn't have had that first try. That was absolutely blatant. <laughs> How we didn't give that was was absolutely dumbfounding. I mean, there was a few hits in there. I mean, I'm surprised Nick White stayed on the field. I mean, there was no dip from that player when he actually went into contact. You know, I, I can understand why Fiji felt aggrieved from our game and this game with the refereeing decisions. It does seem to be, not that there's a bias there, but, you know, they're not getting the rub at all. Mm. But moving on from that, some of the some of the runs, the way they hit, they accelerate into contact which is something only the Pacific Islanders do. And it just makes it so difficult to tackle. And it's how they get their hands free. You know, they, they up that pace, you know, ever so slightly in that last metre before contact. And, you know, they throw, they got their hands free, they're popping it out. And we saw it all, all day. And it, it was lovely to watch. I mean, the try was, was something different. You know, mm. a little dink over the top. No one, no one came for it. And he just ran it in. Two was over, you know, fair play to the lad. What a game. He came in, pushed Rod Rander out to the wing, and he, he showed why. He he was astonishing. Same as, oh, I can never say his name when he's not on the bloody screen. Naya Clevo. Yeah, you know, Naya Clevo, yeah. yeah. He was brilliant. Same as Botia. Um, the six, Taggy Taggy something. I, I really know good with these names. It's, it's so difficult. But no, uh, they were all... Pretty much, hundred percent, hundred ten percent. They were flying Fijians, and they did the job on Australia for only the third time in their history and the first time at the World Cup. Yeah, and I don't think Australia can really complain about um, the tries that Fiji scored. Do you know what I mean? There was nothing controversial about the tries that they scored. They were well worked tries. They were well taken tries. Um, I've seen a couple of. Complaints about Fiji high tackling, but then, like you say, they, you could apply that the other way as well. Um, it is something that that we need to get rid of and we need to get a good grasp of. But when you're playing against Fiji, you have to stop the offload. You have to stop the ball. And I just thought Fiji said it, the commitment to the run, like you were saying, you know, when they're accelerating into a tackle. 
the commitment to play in the game is absolutely unquestionable because they go full pelt. And that's the bit that I think like, there's only so many times in a game when you can run up against Nayak Levu. And he's, he's like, what, 6'2", 6'3", 17 stone, something like that. He's not a small boy, you know. So to, to keep putting him on the floor constantly is a big ask. And, yeah, so when he's running at you, I'm not surprised that every now and again he gets a bit of space because, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to tackle him. <laughs> there you go. Off you go, fella. I had no problems. So, yeah, I mean... I thought Australia kind of shot themselves in the foot and Eddie Jones has pretty much said as much. It was his fault. Um, it was, you know, he takes full responsibility, et cetera, et cetera, which I find a bit disappointing from Eddie. I was, exp- I wanted fireworks. I uh, was like, oh, this is going to be a good one now. He's going to be blaming everyone left, right and centre and he's just going to lose it and, and he was actually quite calm and collected and, and very um, dignified, which is not what you expect from, from, from Eddie Jones. It's not what you want from Eddie Jones, is it? No, you, you want to see the, that craziness. You want to see that spark, that, that Razzie factor. You know, Razzie and Eddie, they're the two that you, know, you don't know what you're going to expect from them. So to see something so normal is quite disappointing. You know, mm. I you, you want you want some offshore comments, you want some you know crazy analogy or some crap that doesn't really exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone was very disappointed, Eddie. You know, the fireworks next time, please. So next time, the next game, uh, Wales Australia. So I mean, we 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 we're, we're all singing, all dancing, top of the group at the minute. Um. We're, you know, in theory, we're two from two with bonus points in both. Um, but it still doesn't feel like we're home and dry, if you know what I mean. No, does it going into this Australia game? It's it's still very much a much win game, a must win game for both teams. Because I'm looking at there. Okay, we are sat on top with ten, Fiji and Australia on six. But you go, okay, Fiji have got Georgia and Portugal. That should be five points each. You know, put them on sixteen points. Where you know, both us and Australia. You know, counting out our game, we we, we literally we, we should be on the fifteen point margin, and this game is what's gonna you know tip over who is gonna go through. Mm. I mean, realistically, either one of us pick up the two bonus points like Fiji did against us, and I think it's us two going through. Mm. So uh, I think we need to be in the mindset of we need to attack. We need to get these four tries. You know, play the game, but play it to score tries because, you know, those bonus points will be more valuable than anything. Because, okay, I know George is not a given, but if that Australia side was able to, you know, put five tries over them, we should be able to do the same thing. Mm. And you've you got to play it tactically. You've got to look at the group and say, what do we need to go through? Okay, a win would be perfect. A win would put us through. We, we know that much because we could just you know, relax, not relax, but we could take the Georgia game a little bit lightly. We can just make sure we got the win in the bag and not worry about the bonus point. Hmm. But when you think of, okay, if we don't win, then we need the two bonus points. Otherwise, you know, 
we're, we're not even sure what the first marker is for splitting teams. I don't know if it's points difference. I don't know if it's tries for. I don't know if it's the result between you. So it, it leaves mm. such a, a difficult position. So you've got to think, okay, two points is the minimum from this game. So we've got to go out and get those two points. And the best way to do that is scoring your four tries and then do and then you know finishing within seven or winning the game. So mm. that's got to be the mindset. There's got to be attack. You've got to win that ball. You've got to keep possession and you've got to put those tries over. I think the the key bit from the going back to the Australia Fiji game was if Fiji had kicked that last penalty, then Australia wouldn't have had a losing bonus point, and I think that would have changed how Fiji approach you know the rest of it, and and to a certain extent how Australia approach it, because you know like you say, so Fiji and Australia both on six points and. You know, Georgia and Portugal both on zero points. So it does kind of, it's a mindset thing that Fiji and, and Australia are both in the same, they're, they're competing for that second place now, but Australia are competing with it against us. And yeah, that kind that's the bit that kind of scares me. Australia have got more on this game than we have, if that makes sense, you know. For Australia, this is a need to win game now. You know, if they don't win this game, um, losing bonus points won't really come into it. You know, um, it might come into it against Fiji, but then, like you say, Fiji playing Georgia and Portugal. Mm, but then Australia must play Georgia and Portugal. Anyway, no, we got Georgia, and we they've already played Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got a week off. That's what it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, if you're Australia, you're looking at this game and you're going, this, this is now a must win. You know, that Wales game is a must, must win game, and they need to shut us out of bonus points. You know, and now you look at that and you go, okay, this is huge for us. For for us coming into that to that game, it's huge. Um, I you know, I I love the fact that Fiji beat Australia. I really do. I thought it was a fantastic game, and and I, and I love watching it. But it has made our kind of task a little bit more difficult because they're both still in the running now. Um, so yeah, it's. I think it's it'll depend on whether Skelton comes back in. I think I've seen a couple no. of reports saying he's out completely now for the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, him and him and Tupo were done for this game. I haven't seen anything for anything further, and you know they're their two biggest carriers, so that's mm. that's a positive for us. Yeah, but I I thought they were out for the Fiji game, and they weren't sure if they were out for the World Cup completely. Yeah, I, the last thing I the last thing I read yes either yesterday or early hours this morning was that they're both out for the Wales game. Right. Okay. So again, that does make it a little bit more kind of um, no easier. It's hard to say it's easier, but there's less changes the task. Yeah, it does, and we can prep for this week on the basis that you know we pretty much know what's going to come, and we know how to beat Australia. I think we do. I think we're going into this game. I think we know how to beat Australia. Um, I, and it will be. It'll be controlling the game. It'll be not giving Australia any chance at all to win. It'll be defending like a, a pack of tigers, you know, 
just not letting anything get anyway and hoofing that ball back down into their 22 over the back of their, their back three and putting pressure on their back three because they're outside half, bless him, there's only the one there and he ain't having a great World Cup. So I think putting pressure on the back three prevents them from supporting him because that's what's happening at the minute. He, he's always got somebody to offload to and is always one of the back three. So pushing them further back into the backfield and preventing them from coming up to support him kind of makes him a bit vulnerable. And I think that's where you can then target him. You know, I, I, I'd i be sending all the big runners straight down at him. For the first 20 minutes, I'd be sending all of our back row, our second row, depending on who it is. But I'd be having Will Rowlands. I'd be having, it's probably going to be Dewey Lake at Hooker to start with, I'd say. Um, you know, straight in, heads up. We're going at the 10 and he's having some. And and just kind of batter a hole. I don't think Tompkins is a, a, a crash ball runner. So I'd, I'd look at every now and again, I'd bring Jordan North into inside centre. I think that'll be the partnership that they'll stick with. So yeah. I'd bring George North to inside and I'd send him at 10. I'd send him down the 10 to our channel and go, right, OK, this is your big runner. This is the area where they're, they're weak. Why would you not put your big runners running at the weak areas? Do, do you know what I mean? I think we've really got to change up how we soften up Australia. And when the game starts to to open up, well, we've definitely got a back three that will outrun their back three. So, you know, uh, I think 10 is important. I think he'll stick with bigger as much as yeah. I'd love to see Costello on. I'd, I think you Costello's going to spend his life coming off the bench in this World Cup now. But if we can butter up their, their outside half, he's on for the full 80. There is no other option. So, yeah, sending somebody like Costello at him after he's spent the last 60 minutes tackling second rows and back rows and props and all of that kind of stuff. And then you've got the little milky bar kid sidestepping you doing bloody pirouette twills and sending your head into space and stuff. Yeah, I think it'll cause him nightmares. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm hoping for a lot from us. I'm hoping for a damn set more than we got out of the Portugal game for a start, anyway. So yeah. So let's 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 go predictions then, Matt. Let's let's put them on the block. Let's see a prediction for Wales and Australia. Oh, this this is tough. This is so tough. I'll go. 3428 Wales 34-28 that's a big scoring game mate you're, you're expecting a lot of, of them yeah, I, I'm, yeah gonna... I'm expecting to see Adams and Reece Samit get a lot more ball in this game because they've barely touched it in the last two I know yeah. Adams didn't play against Portugal but you know they haven't touched the ball and when, when Reece Samit has he's produced something so I'm expecting mm. him to get a lot more ball in this game well, Adams came on at fullback, didn't he? He got the boot in the face. But um, the English press said he should have been yeah. sent off for, for headbutting the, the the base of his boot, which uh, is an interesting take on on the yeah. high foot rule. 
it, it was a that was a sour point in the game. I mean, yellow card definitely. You you can't jump like that anymore. You you cannot put your foot up. Say, mm. but you know, take into the factors. He, he wasn't looking. He was off balance. It was a jerk movement from his foot. I, I think the red was really harsh. Yeah, I I don't think it was at all. I think when you if you can't control yourself in the air, don't jump. Simple as that. It's a bit like saying, uh, yeah, I, I, I crashed into that other car ref, but uh didn't mean it, you know. So uh, there we go. Okay, no, not to worry, you carry on. Yeah. The the outcome, regardless of whether you meant it at all, you know, most high tackles are not intentional. They they just they've got the body position wrong and something happens, but it's a high tackle. Yeah. But you've got your body position wrong. So yeah, you, you put yourself in a position where you you inadvertently caused that. And that's what the that's what Pinto did. Inadvertently he caused his foot to go into the face of um Adams. And th- th- there is no sympathy. There is no no grey area. Your foot went into his face because your foot was six foot off the floor and not you weren't in control of that foot. Right car, gone. And 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 I don't think we can start making excuses for players around did you intend to? Because nobody intends to. Did you mean to kick him in the face? Not really. Did you mean to punch him in the face? No, I was going for his chest. You know, did you mean to try and decapitate him with a short arm? No, no, I was trying to get a bit lower. Do you know what I mean? There, there is no, you, you can't base the outcome on the intent. And and the, the rules say intent is irrelevant. If he didn't mean it, it's irrelevant. So I think red card every day of the week, he, he put a set of studs in, you know, a couple of centimetres away from Adam's eye. And and you can't have that on a pitch. End up. So yeah, I I've got no sympathy for the guy at all. I think he's having a good game, so I've got no sympathy for him at all. But there we go. Anyway, my, my prediction for my prediction for the Australia game. Um, I I think we will close them out. I think it'll be twenty five twelve. I think they'll be relying on kicks, and they won't get anything out of us at all defensively. And I think we will. I think we'll start well. And then we'll just spend the rest of the game defending and Australia will, will kind of go kick, kick, kick and try to kick themselves back in the game and get nowhere. So, yeah, 25-12 is my my prediction for the game. That's I, a boring game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll get a bonus point, but I think we'll get a win. And I think that'll be the important bit. So, yeah. And we're done for another week, Mark. Done for another Done week. for the week. Done for Ooh. the week. Ooh, and it's 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 only a Monday. <laughs> so uh, nice and early this week. Thanks, out. Yeah. So hopefully, let's say, trying to catch up with you later in the week, depending on what his Wi-Fi signal is like in uh, France, and maybe we can get a bit of pre-match build-up, maybe something from a bar on Friday night. Although he will probably be supping champagne in the private executive's lounge. You know what he's like with a yeah, hat. And yeah, a, he, yeah, he seems like a, a very VIP style of person, doesn't he? <laughs> Especially with his, uh, with his farmers out. Yeah, yeah. I kind of go in the farmer's bar. <laughs> 
no, I think he's 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 uh, he's going to have a good time out there. Loads of people going out for this game. Loads of people going out there. So um, it should be a good one. Uh, all the best, Hugh. We will catch up with Hugh later because I know we'll be listening. So um, we will catch up with you later in the week. Hopefully, you have something on. Um, unfailing that, mate. We shall catch up after the Australia game. We'll talk some more scarlets. We'll talk some more rugby. And until then, enjoy your rugby. Have a good week. I'm not having a good week. I'm having a snip. Come on. Uh, You've forgotten already. <laughs> okay. Enjoy Tuesday. Right. We'll see. And we'll catch up about Saturday after that. All the best, man. And you, mate. Great chatting again. Travel All the best. Yeah. listening to this week's show please subscribe and share as it really helps to grow the scarlet family you can contact us in all the usual social media platforms or on scarletspems at gmail.com join us again next week for more of the same and in the meantime enjoy your rugby sports social podcast network